All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Everybody, welcome back to Dropping the Gloves with John and Tim. I hope everybody had a good holiday. It's been a while, Tim. Too long, too long. Well, I don't know about too long, but it's it's been a while. It was a nice break. We decided to take a holiday break, impromptu, really. We were going to do a couple episodes throughout the break, but then it just there was nothing. It's funny we were gone for a week. There's no hockey games been played other than the last night, three games. So we didn't miss much at all. There, there was nothing going on hockey-wise. Everybody still digesting the the Olympic kind of bomb that was dropped, and we'll dig into that in a little bit, all the players' reactions, our reactions. But first, just a, a catch-up. It's been a week. Tim, you've been driving around the world. I've been doing absolutely nothing but renovating a bathroom and kind of deal with Christmas with the family. So what's going on? How was Christmas with, uh, with Deirdre and the family? It was good. I've I've been home since the last time we talked. Uh, home meaning my you know my mom's place in Whitman, Mass. Um, it's been good. The last week I've just been seeing friends and family. Obviously, Christmas, Christmas Eve. Um, I got to meet my brother's puppy for the first time. Got to see some high school friends and some locals, and it was really nice, really relaxing. Um, got a lot done. Got some nice gifts, and then uh, I'm actually heading down today to visit my cousin in Connecticut. Tomorrow night, drive or tomorrow, driving all day, getting down to Virginia, Richmond area for probably the night. And then Friday, I'll get to Charlotte and I'll move into my new spot. So lots of bouncing around, but it's been a relaxing week. Have you planned on where you're going to stop and barf um, <laughs> during the drive? Yeah, about an hour. So like maybe Worcester area. That, that's That'll usually, be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I heard they have a lot of good dumpsters and a lot of <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts. You can just refill the old stomach after you barf up. That's exciting, though. Good for you. Are you, are you nervous going down no. to an unknown city? Obviously, you have a few people there, but that's a big deal. Moving to a city. I've no, never done I, that. Other, like I've never done that. I don't know anyone there, but yeah. no, I'm not nervous. No, it's exciting. Exciting. I can't wait. My new place is really nice. Uh, much better than my old one, which you've been to. So, um, yeah, I'm pumped. Do you think your new place, the floors are even or is it going to be like your old place where you're always walking on a kilter? People always say that. I must have just stopped noticing it. 
Um, but yeah, the floors are going to be even and the Whoa. doors and windows will all work and it'll be great. Wow. That's exciting. What, um, what apps are we going to use when we get there to meet friends? DoorDash. Good question. You can't meet friends on DoorDash unless you just order it from the same restaurant every time and get the same delivery person. What apps do you, do you have fre- like uh, dating apps or friends apps that you use? Have you yeah. already been scanned on the scene? No, I, I deleted them a few months ago just because I was leaving Traverse City. Um, but yeah, I haven't thought that far ahead. What no. do you mean you delete the app? Is there a different app for every city? No, no, but I just didn't have a use for it because I was like, there's no point being on it if I'm leaving next month and not trying to meet anybody. Yeah. But you're going to probably reload it. I would imagine once you get to Charlotte, you put more thought into it than I have. I haven't probably literally two seconds. I just thought of it right now. I have not put, but yes, maybe I have put more thought into it. That's exciting. Well, good. I'm glad you had a good break. My Christmas was good. The kids were excited. We, um, you know, with kids, you have to threaten them the night before. (laughs) <laughs> please like beg and plead please sleep please sleep in please because it's a long night for a parent you have to clean you have to prepare you have to just it's, it's always a long night for a parent Every, anybody who knows that you got to get ready for santa there's there's things that you know are involved in that and we're our family as most of our listeners know why i'm fairly catholic we're religious so we the prep for Christmas is a little bit bigger than us. We, we really dig into advents and the last few years we haven't done Christmas lights before Christmas. We haven't, you know, decorated our tree. We haven't done any of that stuff just because we wanted Christmas to really pop for the kids and to really kind of celebrate what it's about. It's about the birth of Jesus and this and that. I'm not going to go on a tangent on my religion, but we, we kind of dig into that. So the day before I'm like putting up Christmas lights I am, you know, we're decorating the tree. We're doing all this. So when the kids wake up, the Christmas lights are popping, the trees on, we put all the decorations out. So it's, it's an event that night my wife and I have to do. So when the kids wake up, it's like, whoa, why, why are we celebrating this? What's going on? It's really exciting for them. It's not just like, oh, the tree lights have been on for a month. This is, this is nothing new to us. So there was a lot that went into it, but um all the begging, all the pleading, all the bribing, all the threats, 3.30, I hear this kids, no. like, let's go downstairs, let's go downstairs. And I'm like, come on, you guys, 3.30 in the morning, and we were up until like midnight, 1 a.m., and I go in there, and it's the three little ones. My like, girls, go to bed. Like, I, go to bed, please, because the three little share room and the two big share room and the, the one-year-old's in with us. So it's, it was just nuts. But then once we let them wake up around six 30 and they were just jacked, it was, it was fun. It was a good Christmas morning. <coughs> the pictures Excuse were really me. nice too. What's the matching, that? The matching gowns, the pictures that you posted. Very, very sweet. Yeah. Danielle got them those matching nightgowns. It was very exciting, but then it's funny. I have a tr- Christmas tradition myself. I like to um, enjoy a little boozy coffee when I wake up Um that didn't happen. My, my wife didn't come through on that for whatever reason. So that was a little disappointing. Um, we opened presents. Everything goes great. The kids are happy. We got them stuff. Santa got them stuff. It was all great. And then, you know, noon rolls around and that's when I like to crack a beer. And I'm like, great. You know what? I didn't have the boozy coffee. We'll transition. It'll be good. I don't want to get like sloppy during Christmas, but I want to feel good. 
And Christmas turns into a long day because you're up so early, you're opening presents, and then the kids are playing with them. Then they go through this stage where they're just bored. And they go, what do we do now? I'm like, play with your presents, go outside. And I look in the fridge. I'm like, I have no beer other than like summer shanties. I'm like, I don't want a summer shanty right now. I want like a Labatt blue light. Like, give me my beer, man. And so it was just, there was a couple negative, you know, it's, it's the little things, Tim. It's the little things that really make a difference. And I, I didn't get my coffee. I didn't get my beer. I, I don't want to say it ruined Christmas, <laughs> but it ruined Christmas for me. You just didn't, you just didn't plan ahead on that or, or Danielle was supposed to, and she didn't. I, I don't, I don't take care of what's in the fridge. I just go there and it's usually there. And so, <laughs> you know, my wife, bless her heart. She's been, you know, going through stuff. It's, it's Christmas season there. It's, there's a lot going on. So she didn't restock the, the beer. We, we have, we take over one of the pullout drawers, you know, there's the fruit, there's the vegetables. We just take one of those drawers and that's the beer drawer. And it just, it's empty. It's full of lemon shanties. And that's the last thing I want on December 25th at 12 in the afternoon. Like, no. And so I like, I had a glass of wine. I'm like, this isn't doing it. And then I like poured a Bailey's. I'm like, this isn't doing it. And I just gave up. Oh, this is lame. (laughs) So I just didn't drink anything. It was just, it was a very boring Christmas for me. (laughs) What was the biggest um, gift hit for the kid? What were they most excited about? We well, one of them got a remote control car, and that seemed to be the hit. The re- one of them got uh, sorry, my mic fell. One of them got a remote control car, and that seemed to be a really, really big hit. All the any of the toys with you remember the game Simon? Boop, yeah, boop, yeah, boop, yeah. Boop, boop. Oh man, they oh, yeah, we got that, and that was a really big hit. So nice. I played that for a long time, I set the record. Um, <laughs> and then we got a, a, a game Old Maid. The, the card game old the card made. game yeah, yeah. And so it's just a very simple game and the kids love that and we played that with teams and so that was a fun one and then there's this we don't do the big gifts like santa's not bringing huge gifts my wife and i aren't buying like we're not getting the what's a big gift like a, like a bike or a snowmobile or whatever it may be we do like a pretty they got a, a polaroid mini camera that was nice. fun so yeah. they could take a picture and pull it out. That was pretty fun. But then they just start getting, well, we only got five pictures each. We got to be conservative. So I think they've taken two pictures with the camera. But all in all, it was a fun couple of days. We had a nice dinner. I'm, I'm glad uh, my parents couldn't come because of the, the COVID restrictions and all this and stuff. We're going to do another dinner tomorrow when my wife's sister comes up. But anyways, I don't really care about that. But it was... Um, it was fun. All in all, it was fun. I'm glad it's over. The whole time I was working on a bathroom upstairs. Should we even talk about hockey? <laughs> Get into I don't it. Know. Tell me, where, Let tell me, me about tell you the about the, to- the toilet install. So I, I, I gutted my, my kids' bathrooms, the floor, everything, the lights, the toilet, the sink, everything. The small little bathroom. Redid the tile floor. It looks fantastic. Grouted it. It looks beautiful. Toilet's going in. It's a raised floor now, so I didn't take into account the height difference between the flange and the toilet. First time I put the toilet on, flush, water everywhere. I'm like, awesome. Have to mop up the water, take the toilet off. And to take a toilet off, that's a whole thing where you got to put the sponge in, get out all the water, take the toilet off, replace the wax ring, put a thicker one on. I'm like, this will work great. 
toilet on, bolt it down, fill it up with water, flush, water everywhere. Great. Try to squeeze it a little more, flush, water everywhere. Great. Mop it up again. Finally, the third time I just YouTube, YouTubed it. Obviously, everyone's an expert on YouTube. Figured out what I was doing wrong, raised the flange, put a little spacer extender on it put a new wax ring, put the toilet on, done, flush, water's going down, fantastic. Just got to get a couple shims for under the toilet because my tile floor wasn't level because my house is like a piece of garbage and the floor is not level. So I'm not blaming me. My, my craftsmanship was spot on, but we got the toilet on. I put, I put the vanity in yesterday. The vanity looks great. Did I did that plumbing all myself and everything. No, no leaks yet. And now um, I just got to do trim. I got to change the handle and hinges on the door i gotta hang a mirror and i have to change the light fixture because my wife didn't like it anymore so we got to put a new light in so for like two weeks you've had eight people using the one toilet downstairs one toilet downstairs for two weeks and what's funny we lost power last week because of a big windstorm and i left the house because i was going somewhere and i said the power's out nobody take a dump (laughs) literally five minutes afterwards my four-year-old goes in there drops a deuce literally five minutes after i walked out the door lillian's like i gotta go poop and she went in there and just and you can't flush the toilet you can only flush it once and so we (laughs) it was just a disaster and the power didn't come on for another like 12 hours so there's just a stinky pile of poo in the toilet for 12 All right, let's move on to some hockey. I think we've bored people enough of our escapades. You barfing behind dumpsters and me just cleaning up toilet water. That was a week ago, John. It seems like yesterday. It seems like yesterday. It really does. All right. Let's talk about COVID. Let's talk about the Olympics. Let's start with that because I think that's the big news that's happened over the last week. The NHL officially declined the Olympic invitation they have the reasons are COVID, right? The the Omicron uptick. the The official reason, I guess, is they've they've lost too many games. They have to recoup these games during the Olympic break. There was a little caveat in the CBA, and this was a big deal for the players. They really wanted to go. They fought for this in the CBA. They said we really want to make an effort to go to the next two Olympics. They didn't go to the last one, and they're not going to this one. So the players are disappointed. You're a Boston guy. You're in, you're in Massachusetts right now. You just tightened down your Boston Red Sox cap. One of the Bruins' best players really kind of went out on his own and made a statement. I think after he made his statement, you see other players kind of jumping on the bandwagon and joining him. What did Brad Marchand say, and why is it such a big deal? So the first thing he said, I think, was on Sunday, the day after Christmas in a press conference where he was asked about, you know, the ruling about not going to the Olympics. And he said, quote, I know at the end of the day, they don't care about the Olympics. They don't make money on it. Talking about the league. And that's what this ultimately and that ultimately is what this is. It's a business and we're an asset, which is pretty like that. That sentence alone um, carries a lot of weight. You talked about this before, like ultimately, like you're you're an asset for the league like that's why they're so invested in like like the eichel situation he's it's not you, you don't even have autonomy over your own body in certain situations like the league owns you the league owns you the team owns you you're an asset for them to make money and you owe them certain things so I, you can see the frustration there i mean before we read the next statement what do you think about that one yeah i want to dig into this a little bit because i think there comes a realization with every nhl player at a certain point in their career where they just sit down and they go, whoa, I really don't have any control here. 
I am actually just a product. They pay me money and I give them a service. And so Brad Marchand is a product of the Boston Bruins. And maybe he hasn't realized it yet because being a superstar, being a player of his caliber, you're giving, uh, you're given a lot of room to do whatever you want. But at a certain point, you know, you try to do something and boom, your hand gets smacked because you know, no, no, no. You know, Jeremy Jacobs is the boss here. He tells you what to do. If he says jump, you jump. And I don't think Brad Marchand's ever maybe experienced this being a player of his caliber, but everybody has this experience at a certain point in their career, whether it's the first year, whether it's your last year. And he's experiencing it right now where he wants to do something and he can't do it because someone's telling him you can't do this. And it's hard to wrap your head around that. Everybody thinks they can do whatever they want. I'm in the NHL. I'm a superstar. I'm making millions and millions of dollars. I'm in control of my life. And then someone says, no, actually, Brad, you're not in control of your life. I am. I'm the boss. You're my employee. I get full control over you when it comes to playing hockey. You play hockey when I tell you to play hockey. I can tell you right now to go sit in that room and you have to listen to me. And if you don't listen to me, guess what? You're not getting paid. So it's, it's a tough pill to swallow when you're a guy in that position like Brad Marchand is. And he's absolutely right when he says it's a business and we're an asset and the NHL is not making money on this. And from a straight economic standpoint, from a straight business standpoint, why would I want my players going to China, playing in a hockey game that I get no benefit from, that very few fans are going to watch based on the time change and everything that goes along with China and who knows the blackouts. I don't know what what goes into it. I'm not gaining anything from these guys going to China. I'm not going to get an uptick in seat sales or an uptick in viewership because I'm going to get so much exposure from China and the Olympics. It's not going to happen. So these owners are happy the players aren't going. Let's not get this twisted. The owners are happy they're not going. The GMs are happy they're not going. Gary Bettman is ecstatic the players aren't going. That's why they fought the players to not go to the NHL, to, to the Olympics, excuse me, during the CBA negotiations. The players have to fight for this right to go to the Olympics. The owners don't want them to go. So it's, it's a tough pill to swallow for Brad Marchand, but you have to. You know, this is, you have to listen to your boss. It is what it is. And he, he, he says, call a spade a spade. Yep. Yeah, Brad. That's fine. Don't be a baby. Accept the decision and move on. I get you're disappointed, but this is what you signed up for when you signed the CBA, when you sign on your contract. So I, I, I get, and he's passionate about it. He wants to go. He wants to play for his country, but there's no crying over spilt milk. Like just move on, like transition shift, go back and play NHL hockey. I don't know. That's my take that that's a very revealing statement to a, a spoiled player who is finally just understanding what he actually is. I'm, I'm surprised to hear this from you, from a guy that was in the league and it was a player rep. Like you don't, you don't empathize with Marshannon right now. I empathize in the fact that he doesn't get to go play in the Olympics. Like that, that's a big deal for players. And, and you see it from around the league, the Connor McDavid's, the, all these guys coming out and saying that everybody wants to see the best on the best. And I agree with that but I don't empathize with his kind of feelings where it's someone's doing a disservice to me. You know, they're, they're offending me personally. No, this is a business decision. We're doing this because we've lost 70 NHL games, regardless if the the loss of games are valid or not, or people are just being too strict or whatever the reason you've still lost those games. You have to make them up. And it wasn't the CBA. If we have a tangible amount of games that are lost, we will use the Olympic break to make up those games. That's what we're going to do. 
So we have those two weeks earmarked. Guess what? Now we're going to play those two weeks. We're going to have the all-star break in February. Everything is back to normal. No Olympics. And guess what? No one will even notice that the Olympics aren't even going on. It's just going to be business as usual. But that's my opinion. All right. So let me read his other statement. So that that the first one was from the press conference on Sunday. And then Tuesday afternoon yesterday, he released uh, a screenshot from his notes app of something that he had typed up and and released it and kind of set the, the Twitter hockey world on fire. I'm going to read it now. It's a little bit longer. The NHL and NHLPA can change the rules of the CBA to add a taxi squad so that they don't miss any games and don't lose any money, which has already been agreed upon that the players will pay back an escrow until the owners are made whole from what they have lost during this pandemic, regardless how many games are missed. Yet they can't do a taxi squad during the Olympics so they can honor the agreement they made so the NHL players can go. Please tell me that's not BS. And for all of you who want to pipe back about forfeiting pay while being gone, yeah, not a problem. Let the players make their choice. There's a lot to pack in here, John. There's a lot of things here I don't understand. Can you break this down for me? Well, what he's saying is, so the NHL is bringing back the tax, bringing back the taxi squad to hedge their bets in the regular season. So if three guys go down, they pull them up from the taxi squad, and the taxi squad is essentially seven to ten players from the AHL that travel with the team to every city. So they have reinforcements. They don't count against the cap. You can call them up in emergency situations, and they're just an insurance. If a guy guy goes down, boom, you got a guy to fill in. You don't have to lose the game like we saw the last few weeks where. 10 guys are in the COVID protocol. Well, if you have the taxi squad, those other 10 guys who aren't with the team, they're completely quarantined. They're separate entities. They can just fill their spot and the game goes on. The reason he has umbrage here is because, okay, we go to the Olympics. We play in the Olympics. We get COVID. We're gone. It's the same thing as whether we're at home and we get COVID. We're still not playing in an NHL game. So what, what's the difference between a taxi squad playing in an NHL game, whether I'm in China or whether I'm in North America? So that's his, he's trying to connect the dots there where what's the difference between a taxi squad, whether I'm in China and get COVID or whether I'm in North America and get COVID. You get it? Yeah. Yeah, I do. But it, it loses its, its merit based on the fact that we just talked about if he's in China, he's not under the NHL control and, and there's a lot of unknowns over there. So I, I, I get his argument, but it just doesn't hold water because if the fans pay to see NHL players in an NHL roster in an NHL uniform, they don't pay. The fans aren't paying you to play over in China. So I, I just, I, I don't like his reasoning there. It, it all comes down to the first statement where it's a business and now he's just whining about it. And his last couple of statements about let the players make their choice. No, no, no. You don't get to make your choice. That that's that's what happens when you sign a contract. It's not your choice anymore. So, I, I, and for him saying, please tell me it's not BS that they made all these agreements. Did he not read the CBA? Like he, he did, he just read the first part where it said the players can go, and it's the player's decision, and not the second part where it says if there's um, circumstances that affect the games being played, that they have to make those games up, and they're going to use the Olympic break for that. It's just him trying to reason in his head why players can go to the Olympics. And I get it. He's upset. He's trying to make a good argument here. I don't think it's a good argument. That That's just my opinion. I think he's in over his head now. And he rather than just take a step back and say, you know what? I'll bow out and I'll go play for the Bruins. He's doubling down and he's just trying to make it 
seem like he's right. The NHL is wrong, but I, I think it's backfiring. I, I think people will see this and just think, what do you like? You're spoiled. You're entitled. There's obviously issues. You need to, you know, make up these games, whether or not, you know, the game should have been canceled in the first place. We'll, we'll get into that with the, you know, asymptomatic, all that sort of things. But it, can you defend Brad Marchand on this? Like you're a Boston guy. What do you think? Well, I mean, I think more than what I think it's been, it's been most people in, in the hockey world are agreeing with him, including players, current and former. Um, some of them are like hard to take too seriously. Sean Avery and Zach Ronaldo are both like, yeah, Brad, go off, man. But like Vlasic pickles, former Olympian. It was like, yeah, I, I agree completely. And the other players are lots of like, you know, the, the Frank Valleys and Draggers of the world are, are talking about this too. And they seem to think that he's got a, a leg to stand on. So maybe it's just, maybe it's more reactionary and emotional versus like, okay, does he actually have like a legal recourse here? Um, I think it probably, it's just disappointment first and foremost, like you said, and you know, his agent and the team, the Bruins are probably not too happy with him right now for releasing this. I would imagine. Right. Well, I don't think the team or the agent, it's just him. He's blowing steam. Like he, he's upset. He wants to go to the Olympics, but there's no, there's no, well, legal wise, he, he doesn't have a leg to stand on. He, he signed the CBA. He signed his Boston Bruins contract. So he's, they're done. If, if he wants to go to China, he can go. Remember Ovi four years ago threatened. He's like, I'm just going to go. And the Capitals are like, okay, you can, you can go, but we're going to, you know, can't void your contract or we're not going to pay you. So he can go. He is absolutely right in the fact that he can do whatever he wants as a human being. The Boston Bruins cannot control his body. If he wants to go play for the Olympics and he gets Team Canada's okay, go. If that's how strongly you feel to play the Olympics, then go. But more, more often than not, you know, his common sense get the better of him and he's going to go play for the Bruins and make his money. It, I think it's just a case of these NHL players. They really want to go. I get that. It's it's a once in a lifetime, twice in a lifetime opportunity for these players. And they're very upset and they want to go. And they thought they had a deal with the NHL and the NHL PA, excuse me. I'm like trying to get my thoughts together. They thought they had a deal and now they're realizing the deal is crumbling and their worst nightmare is coming. And this Omicron variant, everybody's like freaking out about it. I don't know. I don't like his comments. I really don't. I like other players' comments. They're they're more rational and they make more sense. It's like where, where it's based on this variant isn't that um, troubling. It seems to be just a common cold. Uh, why are we wasting a chance to go to the Olympics? We a lot of the people are asymptomatic. They're not even passing it. Let's just go. I this whole reasoning where you're comparing the taxi squad and this and that. I, I don't I don't like this argument for Brad Marchand, but it, it's just him being upset and all these other guys are just trying to get Brad going. Like, oh, great. yeah, do another tweet, Brad. That's great. Let's keep going, keep firing away. I, it's just pouring gas on the fire. So, does anyone benefit with the, with the NHL not going to the Olympics? Well, I, I think the the players that get to go to the Olympics now get to benefit the the B squad for Canada and USA and yeah. Sweden and Russia and all those teams. There's there's a, those players benefit. You know who benefits the most? It's Russia. Four years ago, they won gold. They had no right winning gold. If if US would have sent their team and the Can- Canadians and Sweden's and Finnish, if if everybody would have sent their full squad, Russia would not have won gold. They're going to win gold again because they have world class talent playing the KHL. No other country has the same league that the KHL has that players really like to play in the KHL. 
It's a different type of hockey than, hockey than they play in the NHL. Less physical, more skill-based, which predominantly that's what a Russian-type player is. Minus the old veterans of the world who are just freaks of nature and just can do everything, but they benefit the Russians. Another team that benefits is Team China. We touched on this last week when we, when we saw the wheels in motion for this decision. Team China has to be just insanely happy, don't you think? Coming into the Olympics, they took test, like did tester games against a KHL team to see if they were even like game ready to play versus Team Canada, which could walk into the KHL and beat them. Like they would win the KHL championships hands down any day of the week with just, I would say, two lines of forwards and four defensemen. That's how good Team Canada is. And they were slated to play Team Canada and Team USA in the round robin. Imagine the beatdown that would have been. It would have been epic. We're going to talk a little bit later about an 8-7 score in the NHL last night. It would have been an 87 to nothing score if Team Canada wanted to put up 87 goals. They could have versus Team China. So they're happy. Russia's happy. All the AHL guys who get another chance to be on the international stage are happy. So there, there is some silver linings to this decision. But does China have a chance against Canada's B team, though? Or they don't have a chance. I, like I said last week, I could throw my men's team, Jolly Pumpkin, so, in the Olympics and beat Team China. So why are they happy then? Because well, they're, not gonna be get, as they're not going to get slaughtered versus Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid and the likes of the um, U.S. men's Olympic team, Austin Matthews and Patrick Kane and Connor Hellebuck and those guys. They're not going to get absolutely slaughtered. They will have a fighter's chance. The, the score won't be 25 to nothing. It will be 10 to 2. So it'll be a little bit respectable. They'll be able to, they'll be able to go back home and say, we did our best. <laughs> Rather than going back home and not being able to be seen in public for three years for fear of just being executed by the government. Because that's what would have happened to him. They would have all been just ghosted. We would have never heard again from the likes of Brendan Yip. He would have been gone off the planet because it would have been a complete embarrassment. It would have been very scary. Who on the other side of the coin, who's upset? Like what, what are the NHL players saying? Who does this affect the most? Uh, Probably. I mean, it affects everyone because like, you know, you have guys that haven't made the Olympic team yet, like the Martians, the Stamkos. And then you have guys who McDavid for that, you know, McKinnon, those guys, and then you have guys who probably would have been their last chance, like Bergeron or Martian or Crosby. Like, who knows whether they'll be in four years. So um, those guys are upset, I think. And, and probably just all the guys that have, you know, the, 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 the Swedes and the Finns and all those guys that wanted to represent their country for the first time. It's just disappointing. And it doesn't know, like, four years is a long time. We've seen a lot of players come and go that are a lock for Olympic team this year that, might not even be playing poor hockey in four years. So it's, it's, I, I get the frustration for them for sure. Yeah. You feel for Stamkos a little bit. He was left off the team in 14, you know, a last, a last cut 18 <clears throat> or 2018. He was hurt 2022. They didn't go this year. I'm getting my math maybe different, but he he's just missed out the last three Olympics. So you, you feel for him a little bit. He said it t- other than the Stanley cup, Last year, which he was a you know contributor on, he's had a tough go with the injuries and big moments. He always seems to be left off the list or just not invited to the party. But he, he's the only guy I really feel for. I'm like, ah, Stammer, it would have been nice to see a skater on win a gold medal. But I'm not, I don't feel too bad for him. The guys won two Stanley Cups in a row. I'll, you know, you know what I mean? 
He's he can't fine. feel too bad. He, he He's doing fine. Let's move on to some actual NHL hockey. We had some games last night. I don't want to touch on Vegas wins. They're in first place in the Pacific. All is right in the world. We, we predicted that. They finally righted the ship. I actually was looking into Jack Eichel a little bit. He's he's progressing pretty well, Tim. As the Eichel turns, he's doing well. He's been skating for about a month now. So they said after his surgery, he was going to spend three weeks and he had the surgery in Colorado. He was going to spend some time there. Then he went over to Carolina to do some rehab. And they said within three months, that's when he's going to make his NHL return. So look for him to come back. February area, early March. That's exciting. If I'm the Vegas Golden Knights and I'm in first place in the Pacific, I'm coasting because the division is just a train wreck. I'm going, I'm, I'm back on that train, by the way. I think the Pacific is just garbage. I'm, I'm back. I've changed my mind. That one tweet from that one viewer and those stats, I've thrown that out the window. I think the Pacific is one. It's not. Is it the worst or is the central the worst? I, I, I go back and forth between which is the worst division. All in all, the West is hot and hot garbage. The East is just a very, very strong juggernaut type division. And the West is just, it's, it's just puke. It's not very good. But anyways, Jack Eichel, he's been skating. He looks really good. That's exciting. Tyler Johnson from the Chicago Blackhawks had the same surgery Jack Eichel did. He's skating. So this isn't our, our, our agenda. I just wanted to pose this question. Do the Sabres look bad now that Jack Eichel's had the surgery? He, he's responding well. He's healing up nicely. He's skating. He looks like he's you know healthy. Does this make the Sabres look really bad? They've looked really bad every step of the way with this entire situation. And I know you kind of disagree with them because, I mean, Eichel, you know, didn't always look the best too, but there's nothing. No, they don't look any worse. They already looked bad and everyone was already like pissed at them for how they handled this whole thing. So I don't know that this changes anything. Let me pose this question. The Vegas Golden Knights, as it stands right now, they're in first place in the Pacific. I just said that. They get arguably a top – where would you put Jack? A top 10 player in the NHL. If he's back, it's going to take him a couple of weeks to get back up to speed. Who knows what's going to happen? If he comes back to even 80%, 90%, and they have their lineup, they have a Pacioretty, a Stone, a Marcia Stowe, a Riley, a Riley Smith, a Chandler Stevenson, a Willie Carlson, and you add a Jack Eichel into that mix – are they not all of a sudden, but are they the overwhelming favorite for the Stanley Cup if they if they get Jack Eichel back to being Jack Eichel? Uh no, I'm not ready no. to say that. No, no, because how often, John? I, I, it's it's easy to get excited, but we see this all the time where you're like, oh, this team is already stacked, and they add this this stud player, like they're going to be unstoppable, and the player just doesn't click, or doesn't gel with his line mates, or someone gets hurt, or like. We always think like in the offseason, like they, you know, they sign two big studs and then you think they're going to do well and they don't. It happens every year. This could be that. I don't know. I mean, they're still going to be a good team, but I, I'm not going to give them the, the Stanley Cup if Michael's healthy. Well, you're not, you don't give them it, but it, are they the preeminent favorite if they get him back? You, you have to put them as number one, don't you think? Or no, who, who, who do you Tampa? have as the number one seed? Tampa? Tampa is number one in the league right now. Oh, okay. Well, that that's going to be a heck of a finals. There could be Vegas and Tampa in the finals. That would be epic. Or a Sabres Vegas final would be very fun to watch. If the Sabres kind of get out of their funk that they're in, which could it could happen. Anything could happen in the playoffs. They just got to get true. there. 
That's true. They're going to expand the playoffs because of COVID to all the teams. So it'll be fun to see if Sabres can make a run. But let's, I just wanted to touch on that a little bit. Let's talk about some games that happened last night. I want to talk about the San Jose Sharks versus the Arizona Coyotes. This is the only time I will talk about these two teams playing each other for the next five years. I promise. This is it. The reason I want to talk about this is the game was eight to seven. That is an insanely high score in the NHL. I did some research, which I do. I, I just constantly, constantly preparing for the show. I went back the last two decades. Guess how many times a team has reached 15 goals total between the two teams in the last 20 years, Tim? I would think it's pretty common. I bet it's happened like 20, 30 times. Did you not read the agenda? I put it right there. <laughs> I'm setting you up, man. Come on. Four times in the last 20 years, teams, two teams have combined for 15 goals. That's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. And for it to happen to those two teams, it's, I know things like that where it's an anomaly, it doesn't happen very often. It's like, that's, that's pretty incredible. Eight to seven. I like that. That doesn't happen very often. You know, I, I was reading yesterday something about um, one of the players saying how hard it was coming back from this break. It's like harder than training camp even. Cause at least then like you're in shape, you're skating, you're, you're prepping for camp. This they haven't been able to do much. They had the holiday season, kind of like you had that one that one holiday where you didn't have a contract yet, and you're eating and drinking, and then they got to get back into game shape in a matter of days, uh, not weeks. And they, uh, it's a hard time. And I think the goalies, you've always said, have the toughest time adjusting. They need the most time to get their timing right. So 15 goals in a game doesn't really surprise me, especially with these two teams. Yeah, and it's not like the goalies were the best goalies in the world. The Coyotes played Scott Wedgwood, and James Weimer played for the Sharks. What's interesting is – Neither goalie got pulled. Both of them were, were on the record for seven goals against. So it's, uh, it's, it's, that's a tough one. When it's a close game and you're just giving up goal after goal, as a coach, what do you do? Do you want to pull the goalie or do you want to – it's a tough decision. What was more interesting, I thought, about the stats, you figure San Jose Sharks, high-powered offense, they scored eight goals. Brent Burns, their best defenseman, leading all defensemen in points at a point this season. Mario Ferraro, his partner, those guys are going to have a, a bunch of points, right? Both of them, zero points, zero. This kept off the score sheet. I thought that was pretty interesting. Phil the Thrill got four assists. That guy, he's got to get it, traded. The trade bait, what does Phil go for right now when the Bruins approach the Arizona Coyotes? Because you know it's going to be the Bruins. What are they going to have to get up to get Phil the Thrill? I was thinking uh, Minnesota, but. Um... Uh, not that much. Second round pick, maybe. What do you What That's do you awesome. think? That sounds like a good good number to me. Second rounder. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I like that. All right, let's move on. Um, you know what you can get in Boston? You can't get anywhere else. What? Got clam chowder. It's the best. It's the best. I love it. And every time I go to Boston, there's only one way I order my clam chowder: DoorDash in my hotel, so I can eat it by myself and be disgusting. That's the only way I order my clam chowder. I just throw it in my face. It's delicious. I get the buns. I get everything. And I get my EpiPen handy because I'm allergic to shellfish. So it's it's just a very volatile situation, and it's all because of DoorDash. It's a beautiful company. Go there. Use promo code GLOVESDD if you're in Canada. Promo code GLOVESDD if you're in the USA. Get yourself some clam chowder if you're in the Haba or anywhere else in the world. Maybe a DoorDash guy would deliver across the country. If you paid him enough, enough I bet you he would. Try it if you're in Michigan. Order DoorDash. Maybe I'll do it tonight. See if I can get some clam chowder, courtesy of what's the best clam chowder place on the wharf, Tim? Do you know one? In Boston? Uh, no, in China. Yeah, but you're, <laughs> you're, not, you're not in Boston. Uh, Union Oyster House, probably. 
There you go, Tim. Union Oyster House, you're welcome. Not even a paid sponsor, but we're going to give you a shout out. Go to DoorDash, check it out. Use our promo code. You get 25% off and free delivery for the first order. It's a delicious company. We like them. You should like them too. Check it out. All right, Tim, what else are we talking about? Well, one thing that comes up every time this year, every time of year, and and we never really get into it. You mentioned it once or twice, but I want to just maybe spend five minutes on the, the Sharks holiday video oh, you did. I hate this video. I wish 2014. Yeah. And I honestly, I had never actually watched it until like this weekend. I was like, All right, I'm going to actually, I know I kind of knew what it was. The song is pretty catchy, by the way. So you guys, four or five, six, whatever guys on the team made this holiday sweater video. Um, the music's really good. You had your rapping debut, as far as I know. Um how did it come about? Like, what? who asked you? How did that whole thing start? So who's in the video? It's Matt Nieto, Barkley Gaudreau. There's Thomas Hurdle in it. There's Chris no. Tierney. There, there's a few of the players. But, um, yeah, so how this works is they just approach guys on the team. They say, who wants to be in the video? We got this holiday video. Can you, can you come out and do this? And they kind of approach the guys who are a little more outgoing and like doing this sort of things. And I was a new guy on the team. So they approached me and I think Brendan Dillon was, he made a cameo right at the end, but um, no, no, it's fun. They, they give you a script. You go in, you rehearse a little bit because it, it does take a little bit of skill to be able to do that. And you have to memorize the words and stuff. And so what you did was you went to a studio and you recorded your lines and then you did the video afterwards and they would play your, you rapping. And then you would just, sing it quietly to make it look like you're actually singing it. I think that's what they do in the rap videos, but uh, I, it's just, uh, I wish it would go away. It, it's a great video. It's a really good video, but you know, who wrote the lyrics is uh, Matt Nieto. Oh, really? So he's like an actual rapper. We called him neats beats and he, <laughs> he, he raps like he's a rapper and he does rhymes and stuff. And so he would spit rhymes to us sometimes on the bus and on the plane and in the locker room. And we do a neats beats and we'd, pump up the music and he'd start freestyling and so he's really good no so way. i think he, i i'm pretty sure he wrote the lyrics and if he didn't write them he like edited them and like kind of put them together but and then we just we had fun with the video like i i don't know why i barked like a dog or no one told me to do that i just was having fun with it and then then i got to keep the sweater and i went home so it was fun do people still ask you about it like when you go to shark stuff all the time all the time I get messages. Oh, I'm just, you know, the yearly holiday sweater video. I got to watch it. It's fantastic. And it's great, but it's just, that's going to be one of those things when I'm like 55, 60 and my kids are going to watch it. And they're like, what are you doing? You dummy, you big dummy. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's, you know, there's another video that's like the sharks reaction video to that video. Oh, I so haven't like, seen that. So it's like, it's showing like all the guys on the plane are reacting and watching that video, like Marlo and Bernsey and everyone else hurdle uh vlasic just watching the video and like laughing at it do you remember like the rest of the guys giving you a hard time for it uh, yeah yeah because it was it was pretty lame right like it it's it holiday sweater you know, and what it was no one wanted to be there when we were doing it because it was like 10 a.m on a saturday it was a day off and we're like let's get out of here and so we're trying to get it done as quick as we could and it just took a lot of time and it was just it was funny. And so we just had fun with it. And that's why I think all the young guys were good because I think it had Gaudreau and Tierney and those younger guys and they had nowhere to go, but I was, you know, married with kids. And so I was just like, let's let me get out of here and do my part. But you know, they give you a hard time. They give you, Bernsey would give you a hard time about anything. That guy's like the biggest 
just vulture when it comes to insults. He's like any, if you come and you're like hairs out of place, he just rips you on it. So any chance he can, he, he would give you a, a hard time about it, but you know, it's some um, it, kind of fun. That's it. I got, I got nothing else. I don't like talking about myself, Tim it makes me uncomfortable. That's okay. I'm glad we got into it a little bit. It was, it was, it's a good video. We should be, it's we should a good check video. It check it. Yes. Check it out. If you haven't seen it, you know what else you need to check out? This points bet. I'm taking over this week because Tim, you know, mixed reactions. The fans want to maybe mix it up and then they want some fresh blood, giving them picks. And I'm a gambling just maniac. I, you should see me every night. I, t- I tell the kids to go to bed early and I tell the wife to leave me alone. And I set up my laptop and I gamble all night long, like all night long. You, you would be amazed the kind of money that comes in and out of my, my account on a nightly basis. It's, it's very it's sobering. If, if you would see the zeros, I'm just kidding. Obviously, I don't, I don't know. but anyways, we're going to go to points bet. I'm not going to do what Tim does. I'm going to do a parlay bet. I'm going to do every single game that's on the docket. I'm going to give you a win loss, just straight up win loss. So we're going to start. And I don't even know if any of these games are postponed. So I'm just doing all the games. You can tell me, Tim, if any are postponed after the fact. I don't care. First, we got Nashville versus Washington. Nashville is one of the hottest teams in the NHL. They're favored right now by what's the... What is the favorite, Tim, if you're minus or you're plus? It shows you how much I gamble. Minus. So Washington is favored at a goal and a half. But if I'm going straight up, I'm going Nashville. I don't like Washington after the break. They got an older team. Who knows how the Russian machine was treating himself? Maybe had a little bit too much vidke on the break. I think Nashville is a more exciting team. UC Soros doesn't seem like he's a partier. He's probably down back in his lair watching video of Washington Capitals players. So I like Nashville in this game. A very exciting game next is the New Jersey Devils versus Buffalo Sabres. This is a matchup everybody's been waiting for. It's been circled on the calendar and highlighted. Everybody's very excited about this game. I'm taking the New Jersey Devils and a straight-up win. I like the Buffalo Sabres. Like I said, they're going to make a strong push for, push for the playoffs, but the Devils are going to take this one. Next game, Rangers-Panthers. This is a good one. I like this game. The Rangers are slowly getting healthy. We'll see if Panarin's back. I'm taking the Rangers for this one. The Panthers, eh, I don't know how they're going to do in the second half of the season, but I like the Rangers in this one. Oilers, Blues. Blues have been slumping. Not as much as the Oilers have been slumping. I think the break was good for the Oilers. Gave them a chance to reset, reprogram everything, get rid of the bad mojo that had been surrounding that team for the past month. I like the Oilers in this one. I think Connor McDavid's going to find a scoring touch again. We're going to see him revert back to the McDavid that started the season when he was just on fire. I think the break actually helped his team a lot. Next game, crack of crack and flyers. Who cares? Flyers are going to win. And the last game, Canucks Ducks. The Canucks will continue their winning streak against the Anaheim Ducks. I think Isaac Lundstrom will have two goals and an assist, but I think the Canucks will win that game. That's it. Points bet. Done. Check it out. Do we have a promo code with points bet? We don't. Nope. Nope. We're not that that professional. But go to pointsbet.com. Bet those games. You'll win half of them. If you win half of them, you break even. So bet 10 bucks on each game. You're going to break even at least. Not if if you do a parlay. It's all or none. No, don't parlay them because you, you, I'm not going to win all those. There's going to be a couple of losers. You got to you got to be a realistic. You can't you can't parlay. Them. But anyways, everybody, it's good to be back. We will see you back on a regular schedule. We'll uh, maybe Friday, Tim. Or are you going to be moving, moving and grooving? Uh, we'll do it. I'll be. I'll figure it out. We'll do it. We'll do it live if we have to. All right, everybody. We'll have a good uh, rest of your week. We'll talk to you on Friday. Hope everybody had a good Christmas. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.